This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 12th, 2019. Encore, on tour. Yeah. Morning, Connection Church. Morning. Morning. Today, we continue our series, Encore, where we ask the question, what does Jesus do for an encore after living the perfect life? dying the tragic death, resurrecting from the grave, and ascending to heaven. We're answering that question as we look uh, closely at the beginning chapters of the book of Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament. Today our focus is on how the disciples carried on and multiplied the ministry that Jesus started as they go on tour. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for coming It's Mother's Day. I miss my mom, but my mom would say, you get a gold star. That's what she'd say. You get a gold star for showing up today in the rain. (laughs) So thanks for coming. It's really great that we're not preaching to an empty room. Mm. Those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live, we are so glad you're here with us today. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mm. Almighty God, thank you so much for today, a day that you've made. Settle us in that we might be changed and transformed by your word found in scripture. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. And so today we are looking at the book of Acts found um, after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Luke wrote Acts, and we're looking, we're beginning on chapter 3. Here we find the disciples, Peter and John, and they encounter a man who was lame from birth, and he's being carried to the temple so that he can beg. When the man saw Peter and John, he, uh, about to enter, he asked them for some money. So here is what um, happens next, beginning at verse 4, chapter 3. Peter looked straight at him, and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Mm. Kind of sounds like the things Jesus used to do, doesn't it? Yeah, healing a lame guy there at the temple. These guys are really doing a good job taking uh, the Jesus, uh, what he did, and taking it on tour here. Of course, it's not the first time for the disciples to do this. Back when Jesus was with them, he, he sent the disciples out in pairs. 
giving them the power to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all manner of sickness and disease. But it is the first time since Jesus has been gone, the first time since they received the power of the Holy Spirit there at Pentecost, the power to witness to the world. It's the first time since they went on tour without Jesus. So here we see some boldness that we talked about last week. We talked about how Peter was bold enough to stand before the crowd at Pentecost. And this, though, is a different kind of boldness because he just wasn't preaching. I mean, it's one thing to preach, but it's another thing to point at a lame man and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That takes great faith and great courage and great boldness. Say boldness. Absolutely. So here's the question. You ever had such an opportunity where God is maybe calling you to do something, maybe something outside your comfort zone, something outside your day-to-day reality, something that you could only carry out with the help of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. You ever been there? I have. I remember many times, but one in particular that I go back on this one long ago, long before I was in ministry, my, my mother's sister, Aunt Doris, had terminal cancer. And I had this overwhelming feeling that I was supposed to go to her and lay hands on her and pray for healing, to ask for healing. Now, you know, we, we read about and talk about and the gifts of the Spirit, all different kind of gifts, leadership, administration, faith, healing. I I never felt or realized that gift of healing that I don't think was a gift that I was given. So it wasn't that. It was just this particular instance, this kind of a one-off where God, I'm feeling God calling me to do this. And I'm not even sure that it would have resulted in her being healed. I think it was an obedience thing. But God saying, Alan, do this. Uh, don't you worry about the outcome. All I'm doing is, Alan, do this. Who knows where it would have gone. But <clears throat> I didn't do it because I was afraid. And what I was afraid of was that I would look foolish if it didn't work. If <laughs> Hands on. And nothing changed. <laughs> she wasn't healed if the cancer didn't leave. I, I have a gift of faith, spiritual gift of faith, but... I didn't kick it in that day. My fear of looking foolish was much stronger that day than my faith gift. And I'll tell you, to this day, I regret my lack of boldness, my lack of obedience, my lack of faith. I regret that fear. Um, And I share this with you today because as Christ followers, as believers... We always want to walk in faith rather than in fear. You know, faith and fear don't occupy the same space. So if we're going to allow fear, we're not going to be walking in faith, are we? Always try to walk in faith if possible. So when God calls us into action, and it's probably not going to be an audible voice, although we can't rule that out because that has (laughs) happened, but it could just be a stirring in inside and if we're a christ follower that's the holy spirit stirring your heart it is so important 
to take action. And the Holy Spirit will strengthen you and, and encourage you and even propel you to do it. And it may not be laying on hands, but it might be. It might be something where you would um, speak out or you would do the right thing based on your Christian beliefs versus going along with the crowd. It might be having the courage, if you're talking to a friend or a family member who might be a little bit far from God, there's sometimes when I'm out there and, um, or I'm working in a different, not working, but serving, volunteering, maybe at the school, and I'll have somebody come to me and they'll share something that we would normally pray about. And I said, you know, I, I love Jesus and would you mind if I just prayed for you? And nobody says no. I mean, they're like, okay. But, but that's, it's good. It's good. You never know. You never know how God is going to use you. So the Holy Spirit can make us bold. I remember when I was a nurse down at Peninsula Regional Medical Center, and I worked in ICU, and I really wanted to be accepted. I was a new nurse, and I would go into the break room, rarely, but I would go into the break room, and the conversation would just stop. And I noticed that <laughs> happening off and on, and what I realized later is that they were maybe talking <laughs> about things maybe they shouldn't talk about or telling dirty jokes or something. Nurses never do that. Sometimes they do. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Look at all Katie, the I'm not trying to look at, at you on purpose. <laughs> I'm just getting solidarity with my nursing friends here. So anyway, I'd go into the room. And at first I felt like left out and they didn't accept me and they didn't like me. And after a while, and I, obviously I wasn't a pastor, but I did love Jesus. I'd like go in and they'd stop and like to myself, good. They shouldn't be talking about this stuff anyway. So... But the Holy Spirit just can make us bold. And don't, don't run from that. So Peter got this boldness. And even though his life could be threatened because, you know, he could be next. They killed Jesus. You know, what about the rest of them? He was bold and he carried on the encore. He was on Jesus' encore tour. He sees the day. And he was strong about carrying out the ministry of Jesus Christ after Jesus was no longer with them. Amen that. Here's the thing about a tour. You know, a lot of people, we think about like the thing we had in the intro there, the rock stars and all that kind of stuff, go on tour. They do so to get rich and famous. Come on, let's keep it real here. I remember an interview I heard of Paul McCartney was talking about when they were young and they would just play these clubs eight hours a day. I mean, they just play and play and play wherever they could all day, all night. And, and their goal was so they would be heard, so that their music would be heard, so that they would be rich and famous. I mean, that was their goal, to get rich and famous. And that wasn't so, though, in this particular tour with Peter and the John and the other disciples. Now, they wanted to connect with as many people as possible, just as anybody on tour. But, but it surely was not for the purpose of being rich and famous. They were on tour because Jesus told them to go share the gospel to the world. In each one of the accounts of Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he gives his followers, and it was more than just the 12, but he gives his followers marching orders. Do this. I'm not going to be with you always. Do this. 
and he told them to share the message with all the world. And he knows what's in store for them, but he just wanted them to share. In fact, he died to save them, to give them new life. He died for us. And so a directive that he gave to his disciples and he gives to us, it's found in Mark at the very, very end of Mark. Here we go. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. He, Jesus said to them, the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so that pretty much sums up why this encore tour of Jesus takes Peter and John and the other disciples where it does. They're on tour. It's, it's to share the good news, just like Jesus told them to do. But here's the thing. Even if Jesus had not told them to do this, <laughs> they'd still be doing it. Because, you see, if Jesus touches your life, you can't keep from sharing it. You got to tell others, amen? You got to. You can't, you can't help but spread the good news somehow, some way, somewhere. That's exactly what's going on here. Peter then turned this healing that he did into an opportunity to offer people Christ. To offer them Christ, he told them to repent, to turn from their sin, to turn toward God, that they could be refreshed in the Lord, that their sins would be wiped out when they came and believed. You know, Peter and his friends, they were carrying out the work that Jesus trained them in three short years. They were the hands and the feet and the ears and the voice of Jesus. They were on tour for the Lord. Acts 4, 1 through 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the, say the last sentence with me, will you? So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Wow. An interesting thing about being on tour, not everyone loves you. <laughs> not everyone buys tickets to see you. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know... People who are on tour, they certainly have their faithful followers, their groupies. I am a, did you see me up there in that encore thing? You know, that I, I love being in that crowd. But here we see the number in Acts 4, verses 1 through 4. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who grew, who believed, grew to about 5,000. But not everybody's a fan. Not everybody is a fan. Some may disagree, certainly disagreed with Jesus, certainly disagreed with the disciples. Not everybody agrees with us. And so it can be really, really tough out there. It was true for Peter. 
It was true for John and the other disciples. We read in the scripture how many in the rank and file um, of the church that they were now preaching and they did not agree with the Jesus Encore tour. Part of the reason why they maybe didn't agree was that they were afraid. They saw what had happened and they were in an environment, they were in a culture where there were priests, the captain of the temple guard, they were called the Sadducees, they were all part of the establishment. It wasn't a friendly time to be a Christian. And they did have something to lose. They could lose their very lives if people started following Jesus. And the changes that these disciples were sharing, it was a time for them to be afraid, but they operated in boldness. They're afraid. They're also jealous. Look at all the attention he's getting. Drawing it away from them. Drawing it away from what they're doing, what they're preaching, what they're all about. In addition to that, these Sadducees that we mentioned... It's a sect within the Jewish community. We've previously talked about Pharisees. That's another sect. But these Sadducees, they, these are the ones who are, they fulfill various political and, and social and religious uh, uh, aspects of the, um, of the Jewish uh, faith, including maintenance of the temple. This was the wealthy. This was the aristocratic class. And so they probably had the most to lose if people were to change their thinking, if they were to redirect, if they were to catch on to this Jesus thing. And especially includes their ideology, their, their beliefs. Uh, you see, these Sadducees, unlike the Pharisees and others, they did not believe in resurrection. And resurrection is at the very heart of this encore tour, isn't it? I mean, that's what the tour's all about, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so no wonder they aren't fans, especially these Sadducees. No wonder they had Peter and John seized and put into prison. Well, the next day, the religious leaders, they questioned Peter and John by what power or what name were they able to do what they did, speaking about the healing. And filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter answered in this way, Acts 4 verse 9 and 10. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. <laughs> I just feel like he went. That's what it said. There's a footnote. It says stomp clap. Okay. So there you have it. The Jesus on tour, encore tour in a nutshell. Again, these Jesus followers, not doing it for fame or fortune, although they are fairly infamous through the years, but definitely not for fortune, but to simply carry out the work that, that Jesus started, they started it together, they were working with him, they were in ministry, they were partnering for those three years before Jesus was crucified. And so here you have also a perfect example of them, the, them acting like Jesus would have. Like I said, this sounds just like what Jesus would have done, right? Taking this guy who was lame and showing him kindness, 
And then, and then sharing that he was healed, Jesus would have said through God's power. They're saying through the power of God, through Jesus Christ, the one that they crucified. You can see that finger pointing right at him. The one who Jesus, the one who God then raised from the dead. Wow. Pretty amazing boldness. You know, the strength, the courage, the boldness, the faith that we can have when we open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit, where we're guided and empowered. When we fully engage with Jesus, you know, Peter and the disciples, they were with Christ, but Christ made the promise that when he was no longer there, that the Holy Spirit would be sent. That's what we talked about last week. And so that spirit power, that super turbo, I can't even say enough words, is available to us to have that boldness to share about life-changing, transformative things that Christ does for us. That same spirit is with us today, 2,000 years later. Mm. And then Peter quotes Psalm 18. And I'll go off track a little bit here. Psalm 18 is a really cool psalm because if you take your Bible and divide it right in the middle, you know where you open it to? Psalm 118. The very middle verse is Psalm 118, verse 18. I tried it. didn't work. <laughs> oh. Mathematically. Job. It's right next door. Yeah. Um, if you go to the left, if you go to 117, that's the shortest chapter in the Bible. If you go to 119, it's the longest. Isn't that interesting? That's got nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Because <laughs> Peter didn't say, hey, turn to 118, but what he did was he quoted it. He quoted, he was just a little off center when he quoted this, because this is verse 11. Uh, this is, uh, he's quoting from, I think, verse 22. And he twist, gives a little twist, a little twist. This we find in Acts 4, 11 through 12, where Peter says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be what? Saved. That's right. So Peter took what the psalmist wrote, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and not only said Jesus is the cornerstone, but that they, the religious leaders, are the ones who rejected the stone. <laughs> and Jesus, in spite of being rejected, is the cornerstone, not only then, but of our lives. The cornerstone of our salvation, the cornerstone of our eternity. That is such good news. How could we not share it with others? And the stone was not wanted. It was rejected. It was stone out, thrown out. And now the stone stands at the corner of humankind, the corner of history, the corner of eternity. This rejected human stone that the psalmist wrote about hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, now is the cornerstone upon which we build our very lives. Incredible. That is incredible. This encore tour is touching lives, <laughs> even the lives of those who are not fans. That's the wild part. 
Members of the Sanhedrin, that was like the Jewish Supreme Court, many of whom were the Sadducees that we talked about, the scripture tells us that they were amazed. That's the, that's the word. They were amazed by the courage of these unschooled, ordinary men. These disciples. Remember, if you were here last week, we talked about when the Holy Spirit came and they were speaking languages that they didn't normally speak. They, they were unschooled. Many of these guys were fishermen, tax collectors. They were just regular, run-of-the-mill, ordinary guys that God touched, and they were able to do extraordinary things. The ordinary becomes the extraordinary in God's hands. Amen? Amen. Just like you and me. Just like you and me. Unschooled ordinary men taking note that these were the men who had been with Jesus. Jesus didn't pick the elite. You know, when you think, well, I can't do that, I'm nobody, that's exactly who Jesus picks. <laughs> you're it. You're exactly the type of person that Jesus... Now, if you're thinking, well, I'm not all that bad, come on. Okay. He picks all kinds. <laughs> yeah. Or taking note, these were the men who'd been with Jesus. And they had a dilemma. Now, a dilemma's like a charging bull, you know, two horns. You're going to get speared either way you go in a dilemma because you usually have a choice and both choices stink. <laughs> On the one hand, these leaders, these religious leaders, could not deny the miracle. Everybody'd seen it, right? You can't deny what everybody saw happen. They were aware, even if they hadn't seen it, they'd heard the details. They knew. But on the other hand, then, they didn't want this Jesus thing to spread, did they? Because if it spreads, it just gets worse. And they get even more jealous. And so, <laughs> and so they tried something that, if you think about it, wasn't, didn't seem real bright, but I guess it was their only choice. They commanded Peter and John not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> like that was going to work. <laughs> And, and, and Peter and John, they balk at that, and they say, this is, it, is it right for us to listen to you religious teachers or to listen to God? be the same question we'd be asked, isn't it? And we are asked every day. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to God, or are you going to listen to all this rabble that goes on around us all the time? What are we going to listen to? As for them... They chose to listen to God, speaking about what they'd seen, what they heard. That's what a witness is, isn't it? A witness in a court of law, you tell what you saw, you tell what you heard, you tell what you know to be true. That's the thing about a Jesus encounter. When he touches your life, you can't help but be a witness, can you? Can't help but be a witness. You gotta talk about it. You gotta share it. You gotta tell others because when you get a gift that great, you can't keep it to yourself. It's like it's like he said before his death, Jesus did, find it in Luke 14, verse 40. If his followers were to keep quiet, Jesus said, even the very stones would cry out. This is too great keep to ourselves. So after some threats from the Sanhedrin, Peter and John, they were released and they went back to their friends and they did not cease to speak. In fact, when they got back to their friends and told them everything that would happen, 
what they did was they praised God. They praised God, they celebrated, they asked God that they would be even more empowered to speak God's word with boldness. Stretching out his hand to heal others, to perform signs and wonders through Jesus. And the beautiful thing about this encore tour is it's not just for these disciples in the Bible. It's for these disciples at Connection Community Church at 4744 Summit Bridge Road. This is for all of us. We are his disciples. And, you know, everything that happens can be used for God's glory. There are times when we, we go through trials and tribulations. Life is not easy. It's not easy for a Christ follower. It's really not easy for someone who's not because then they're, I mean, where have they got? Well, we've got Jesus, and they can too. And so we can use everything in our lives to be a witness to who God is, who we are, and whose we are. And we are promised that God will be with us always. And there are times when, when we hurt, and we hurt real bad in a lot of different ways. But God can even use that through us for his glory because God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes a hurt. Say that with me. God never wastes a hurt. Do you believe it? Keep it in mind next time you're hurting. <laughs> God never wastes a hurt. You know, this wasn't the first time there would be the last time that the fathers of Jesus would be persecuted and even prosecuted. Yeah. Kind of goes with the territory. This encore tour was very challenged at times, much of the time. We read in the next chapter of the book of Acts, chapter 5, more of the same. Of the persecution on the one hand, and a growing number of followers on the other. It goes hand in hand. They're persecuted and it grows. Persecuted and it grows. More and more men and women believing in the Lord and adding to the number of believers. Yeah. And so we are part of the Encore Tour as well. And we would challenge each one of you to be an Acts 2 church, that's what we talked about last week, where together as believers, we have Holy Spirit power, it's not us, it's all spirit, to give us boldness, to share, and to make a difference, and to be a light in this hurting world. The Holy Spirit fueled the Encore Tour in the beginning, and the Holy Spirit continues to fuel this Encore Tour that we're a part of today. Persecuted, prosecuted. You know, we were never told it was going to be easy, were we? No place in scripture did Jesus said, hey, cakewalk. <laughs> Actually, in Matthew 10, 22, he said that we would be hated by everyone because of him. So what we can almost expect is challenge when we share Christ. That, that's more the norm than the exception. So that might keep us keeping that in mind. You think we're going to get away? We're almost closing up, but we have to have a question for the day for y'all, y'all. Take it with you. Give it some thought. In our study today, Peter and John were arrested for being Christians. 
Question for you. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> Not sure how to end that one. <laughs> but I pray so. It's the good news of the scripture. The Holy Spirit is among us and propels us and empowers us to be bold. Let's do it, Connection Church. As together we try, we seek, we do everything we can to connect people with Jesus and say the rest with me and the new life he offers. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this uh, very convicting scripture, Acts Help us be an Acts 2 church. Help us be bold. Help us know that with Christ, the Holy Spirit resides, that we're never alone, that we do have supernatural power. It's Holy Spirit power to take steps into these places where we think that we're not equipped. Thank you, God, that you use us to shout from the rooftops, to share at our jobs, to to be a part of our families, to share what you've done in our lives. Lord, help us be bold as we do that. And we thank you for Holy Spirit boldness in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.